but Flint, Michigan has water that's killing everyone and all it needs is like $500 million to fix it, they won't get anything. Nobody cares. It's all fake. We're basically in a controlled wow. demolition of America and uh, there's you know a couple oligarchs and mega banks and massive business conglomerations that are benefiting from the downfall. And it's really sad, but it's also really exciting because you know there's a new society being built and I believe Bitcoin is gonna be the next global reserve currency. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the eFormula podcast. It's your host Mohammadi, and today we have a special guest in the house. I have Colin. Colin, somebody that is well known in this field of crypto, somebody that is well known in the field of finance, and I'm excited to introduce him to you guys. And let's get this going. Let's go. Colin, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, dude. Appreciate it. Man, there's a lot of things that we can talk about. Let's start with one thing. Why don't you tell people who is Colin before Colin? Yeah. Uh, So I grew up in New Jersey. Um, I had pretty middle class, loving family. My dad worked corporate sales. Uh, My mom actually left her job to take care of me when I was born. Um, so had an amazing childhood growing up and, um, you know, just early on in life, my dad kind of took us out from, you know, where we started in, in a lower, lower middle-class, you know, neighborhood, suburban area. Um, I was going to school kind of like in a ghetto area. There was, you know, the projects right next to my school. There was kids with like knives and stuff and like, you know, just, just kind of a, not a good area. So my dad got us out of there, went to a, a new town called Robbinsville, Um, and in Robbinsville, I started to kind of see, you know, like a a totally different life. Um, I was around, you know, everyone had BMWs, Mercedes, you know, the whole nine of just like, you know, totally transforming, like what I used to know. Um, and so that, you know, early on just kind of motivated me to want to, you know, have nice stuff. Um, and then, uh, my dad started traveling for work all the time because he was in outside sales. Mm. Um, so yeah, the, the young Colin just grew up very motivated. He was around, uh, you know, nice things, but didn't have those things really himself. Um, so yeah, I think that's kind of like where a seed planted in me pretty early on. And then, uh, went to college at university of Arizona. Uh, my dad let me go travel, uh, to go to college. Pretty much everyone in New Jersey where I'm from just stayed in New Jersey, went to like Rutgers or like any of those TCNJ, like very small schools around there. Uh, and my dad let me, you know, venture out. My grandma, you know, saved up some money for me to, to pay for college. So, uh, that helped tremendously. And, uh, yeah, my parents let me go out to Arizona and, uh, that's kind of where my whole, you know, paradigm shifted, uh, going from, you know, New Jersey, it's cold six months a year. Yeah. Uh, it's miserable out, you know, it's not very nice over not- there. And then you go to Arizona and it's beautiful out, you know, 12 months a year. And, you know, you're with all these kids coming from, you know, California, rich areas, like all over the country. And you start to realize like, holy crap, like, you know, there's a lot out there. There's a lot of people that have money. Um, you know, how do I get this stuff? Because, you know, I'm barely here right now. I got here because my grandparents, you know, saved up, helped right. me get here. How do I continue this for myself? You how know? do you create a momentum for yourself? You know, exactly. and when you mentioned New Jersey, I actually moved from New Jersey to come here. Yeah. So I know oh, you what, did? Yeah, I know oh. what it, it is Where, like. What part? I used to live in Fort Lee. Okay. I lived in New York for seven years and then I moved to New Jersey for a couple of years and then 
So you know what it's yeah. like. I know what is yeah, what it is. It's just like. very mundane. Yeah, boring. like you know, like if you live in the suburbs, definitely yep. you're not gonna see cars driving by. You're like so secluded, yep. and your own thing. Hundred percent. And I remember watching one of the videos that you was that you made, and you was like, get away from like step out of your 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 family house. Yeah. So you can learn life. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Get and out of your hometown. Because that would give you like the autonomy to be able to like, I got to figure things for myself. Sure. You don't have that shell anymore that is protecting you. And I think that's one of the privileges that we all had to enjoy. Yep. You know, when it, like a couple of days ago, I started like, okay, let me get to know more about Collins. Sure. And I started watching, you know, a lot of your, 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 your stories, your videos on YouTube. Mm. And I got intrigued by one thing, your breakfast. Yeah. Let's talk about your breakfast for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I really wanted to like make a goal for myself this year to put on some weight. I was mm. always stuck at around like 158. Like I could never get to 160. Uh, so I was like, fuck it. I want to go to 170. Uh, and what I realized is I wasn't taking in enough protein. Mm. Uh, I was eating, you know, pastas and carbs and just whatever. Just Basic. like f- just trying to fill myself up with shit. Like I didn't know anything about macro and nutrition. Mm. Uh, so I started an animal based diet. Uh, it's very similar to the one that Liver King promotes or Paul Saladino. Mm. Um, you know, they promote uh, eating grass fed beefs, organic fruit, honey, raw cheese and organ meats. And so I started doing that like five, six days a week. Uh, eating like 200 grams of protein a day. Um, And yeah, the breakfast in the morning, I start off with six raw eggs, a half pound of ground beef pasture-raised, raw goat cheese, a lot of fruit, a couple handfuls of organic fruit, uh, some honey, and uh, yeah, it's about like, I don't know, 125 grams of protein right there. Wow. You know, like getting into something like that, you know, should definitely take a lot of, you know, commitment. And the idea of Drinking raw eggs. Yeah. Did you have like an hesitation when you started it, or not really? No, I saw uh, I saw some people do it online, and, and like, uh, it's pasture raised eggs, so it's not like they're like the ones filled with like antibiotics mm. and you know shit. So they're good, and yeah, I love it. I, I think it's easy and it's fine. Yeah. Wow, wow. Yeah. I I've yet to try when I see you drinking. I'm like, can I try this? I'm gonna try one of those days. Yeah, my cousin just did it this morning. He came and visited me. I had him do it both days. He was fine. He was fine. Yeah, yeah. You just gotta gulp one at a time. One at a time. Yeah, instead of trying to like hit them all at once. <laughs> yeah, you gotta gulp one at a time. Wow, yeah. this is epic, man. And now that you know, like, t- starting on the business side of things, right? You know, you said you was in, you know, and like you went to Arizona. You started school in Arizona and you get extra motivated seeing mm-hmm. literally everything that was happening around you, which yeah. was like big at scale. You get to see a lot of things that yeah. you didn't get to see back home. So where, where was the first, what was the first opportunity that like gave you like your start as an entrepreneur? Yeah. So I think it was just like baby steps one at a time. And mm-hmm. it all started just by like making that decision to go somewhere far. Um, you know, I, my first entrepreneurial venture was selling drugs, like honestly, wow. uh, you know, in college, you know, people are doing party drugs and you know, there was, you're either doing them, not doing them or doing them and selling them at the same time and making some money. Um, so like that was my first entrepreneurial venture. Uh, and then in high school, uh, I was a pizza delivery boy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was working for cash under the table, just hustling, uh, you know, taking as many deliveries as I could. And I was coming out like 200 bucks on a, on a bad night, you know, on a wow. bad day, uh, in cash at like, you know, 18, 18. 19. 
Um, so I've always been a hustler. I've always been an entrepreneur. Uh, and then in college, yeah, like going from what I just said to then uh, getting my corporate job and realizing that like I wasn't able to hustle how I had been hustling in all my other gigs. Like mm. pizza delivery, I could dictate how much money I make yep, by taking, yep. you know, I would steal the other delivery boys' deliveries. Like their tabs would come <laughs> up and I would come right back and they were supposed to get it. I would just, just grab it and take the second one and go out. Wow. And, you know, when you're capped at a commission rate in your job and then you're only making $39,000 a year salary, you know, 1500 bucks every two weeks, yeah. You're just like, this isn't it. So I realized pretty quickly that uh, I needed to make opportunity for myself because the one that college gave me was a scam, basically. You got into corporate. Yeah. Like what type of uh, industry did you get into? Uh, corporate sales. So I was in outside sales. Uh, I was selling payroll for ADP. Mm. Um, so entry level, you know, they pay you like 39K a year and then plus commission. Plus so commission. my first year, if I would have finished it, I probably would have made like 55 or something with all the commission. Mm. Um, but that's before tax. Before and then taxes, after taxes, they take it all out right away. And like, dude, you're left with like 35, 40 grand. Wow. You can't live off yeah, that. Yeah, definitely not. Um, so yeah, I, I realized like very quickly, like within a couple months of working at that job that I was going to quit. Uh, mm. And there was no way that I was going to stay there for more than you know a year max, and I, I lasted like eleven months. So. Eleven months. He was yeah. planning to exit all that time. Yeah, and I started reading books. That's it. And that changed everything. That's the beginning. I never read a book until after college. Like wow. like actually sat through and enjoyed reading a book and was interested in the subject. And during ADP, when I realized I hated my job. Uh, and I had no other plans. I realized I needed to formulate a plan. So how do you 100%. do that? You know, you research. Research, yep. yeah. And there is no resources like books. Pretty much, uh, like I have the same experience. Came to America when I was uh, 20, 20, 25, 20s. No, yeah, I think it's 23, 23 in 2013. Mm -hmm. And like, I just realized, I figured out that if I don't change the way things was for me, nothing is going to change. And you're not going to get out be creative and come up with the ideas that can potentially change your life out of nowhere. 100%. You have to look at people's like, oh, I like this guy, where this guy is, I want to be like this guy. Yep. And then you start listening to them and they start telling you about books. Yep. I'm pretty much like convinced that maybe this is like you had someone that you admired back then that yep. started that you started listening to a lot, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Grant Cardone, Gary uh, Vaynerchuk, you know what's funny? Ed Milet, yeah. <laughs> Gary Vaynerchuk and Grant Cardone, those are literally the same two people that influenced me. Sure, yeah. I mean, they influenced so many millions of people. You oh, know? 100%. So uh, that was probably around like 2018, 19, I came across Grant Cardone when I was you know, just graduating college. Wow. And it was always like, I, I always felt it, like something inside me when I'd watch their content even though I was in like a fraternity, drinking, doing drugs, like totally opposite life than what he was portraying. Mm -hmm. There was something in me like, okay, like that's what I want. That's and um, yeah, so just slowly I started to figure out, you know, how to create a version of, you know, the, the five people that I'd watched most. And that became, you know, kind of a version of who I am now. Wow, epic. Now, like you pretty much mastered the field of crypto, you mastered the field of like finance, and credit and mm. all that stuff. And now you have stepped into Airbnb as well. Yeah. So let's start with crypto, right? What would be, uh, you know, a lot of people know, hear about crypto, yeah. but only few people actually know what it is and what, like, what potential it has. Sure. If you were to give somebody a, like, a, a, like a simple definition of Bitcoin 
and a simple definition of blockchain in general yeah. to give them an understanding of how important it is. Yeah, so most people don't know, but Bitcoin is the only reason there is a blockchain. Bitcoin was the first blockchain. Mm. There's no other cryptos without Bitcoin. Um, so I dove down the rabbit hole really hard when I started you know, buying Bitcoin and Ethereum and other cryptos. And I came to realize that Bitcoin is the only one that's actually decentralized. That's an actual scarce money uh, mm -hmm. that cannot be manipulated or controlled. Um, the person who created Bitcoin um, is Satoshi Nakamoto. And he has not been, you know, no one's ever seen him in real life. Mm -hmm. uh, he actually created it on a forum on like a crypto like blog. Um, and he left the space in 2011. So as soon as he realized that his protocol was taking off and was working and there was a little bit of a network effect, he knew that he had to leave. Because if he stayed, it would just be like any other company or crypto like Ethereum has Vitalik Buterin. Yeah. He controls, manipulates the supply. You know, he has his founding class, um, the Ethereum Foundation. Yep. And, you know, it's a people that basically, uh, you know, built the crypto. They make the rules and then they also had a pre-mine. So before they sold it, they, they had a ton of the crypto that they were selling so they could pump their bags and then dump it on all their token holders. So mm. I only do Bitcoin because I've learned so much about what crypto space is. It's basically just a big scam. Um, and, you know, people are still, you know, not learning their lessons. Uh, there's just so many rug pulls in the space. You know, Luna was wow. like one of the biggest ones this year. And, you know, at the end of the day, it was a, it was a huge Ponzi scheme. And the whole wow. thing went to zero and tons of people, you know, lost their lost lives their over it and tons of money. I mean, billions of dollars were lost. It was like, I think it was like a $40 billion market wiped out in like a day. Wow. Um, so Bitcoin, basically simple definition, it's a hard supply of 21 million. There's only 21 million that will ever be in circulation. You cannot create more of it. Mm -hmm. The US dollar, there's trillions and trillions of dollars every single year being entered new into the system. We printed $9 trillion during COVID. That's 40% of the total money supply wow. in just a period of like a year. Um, so yeah, basically when you hold Bitcoin, everything gets cheaper over time. When you hold US dollars, everything gets more expensive. More expensive Why is time. that? Because there's more currency being created of US dollars. There's less currency being created of Bitcoin. It's actually deflationary where mm. uh, US dollar is inflationary. Wow. So yeah, so basically uh, I save all of my money, all my monetary energy. You provide a service, right? You, yep. you earn US dollars for your service. Yep. What do you do with that? Do you keep it in your bank account for 10 years? Probably not because nope. you're going to lose a ton 100%. on inflation. So what do you do? You have to put that monetary energy into an asset yep. that holds or appreciates in value. So I chose Bitcoin because Bitcoin, you know, over the last 10 years has went up 136% annualized wow. returns, um, which is, yeah, it completely trumps every other asset class. No one's ever lost money holding Bitcoin for four years. So, um, you know, once I, once all that clicked and I realized that we're in a crumbling society made of fiat dollars and yeah. uh, basically the Federal Reserve controls everything. You know, the reason why we all felt rich during COVID is because they had the money printers on. They were expanding the money supply. That new money was going into asset classes and pumping the price. Your home did not get more expensive. No. The dollars just grew more. And then now what you see, all the homes are dropping, all our assets are dropping because they're sucking money out of the system. Mm -hmm. So they're quantitative mm -hmm. tightening and then they're also raising the interest rates. So they're making it more expensive to lend money around. During COVID, they kept it at zero, 
We could all take out loans. We could all lend around. You know, mortgage rates were 2.25%. That's what I got my house at during COVID. So everything was just, it was a money fest. It was a free for all. And then they just turned it off because inflation got too high. Wow. Um, so, you know, right now we're just in this balancing act of them trying to control inflation so we don't have riots in the street and, you know, the middle class and the poor uh, don't literally die. Like, because yeah. it, it gets bad, you know, when we get over double digit inflation. Um, so they have to bring it back down to, you know, somewhere around two to 4%. So they're going to keep, you know, tight, tightening the money supply until that happens. And all of our assets are going to continue to wow. plummet. You see, like the main storyline you're now going to see in the news. You're now going to see the actual storyline that you just mentioned in the news. Why are we facing inflation? They're going to oh, yeah. always kind yeah. of put it in, Blame oh, it's it Ukraine, it's yeah. this, it's yep. that, you yep. know, like something else. There's always a new enemy and they create the enemy. Um, you know, they created the Ukraine thing. And why do you think they're sending so much money over there? Because it's being funneled into other places where they need that money. Wow. We're sending billions of dollars to billions Ukraine dollars. every single month. But Flint, Michigan has water that's killing everyone. And all it needs is like $500 million to fix it. They won't get anything. Nobody cares. It's all fake. We're basically in a controlled wow. demolition of America. And uh, there's, you know, a couple oligarchs and mega banks and massive businesses, business conglomerations that are benefiting from the downfall. Um, and it's really sad, but it's also really exciting because, you know, there's a new society being built. And I believe Bitcoin is going to be the next global reserve currency. Wow. Do you think there is like a way for like individuals like yourself that have understood it? to a certain extent to contribute to a reversal or the yeah, reversal is inevitable? Absolutely. I mean, it's not going to be a reversal. Uh, I think the damage is too far done. Every single fiat currency in human history has failed. They've all hyperinflated and went to zero. Um, so the U.S. dollar is going to do the same, and we're watching that. I mean, since the Federal Reserve has been created in 1913, the dollar has lost 96% of its value. Wow. So, you know, a $1 back then was worth... I think, uh, no, what was it? $1,000 back then is worth $32,000 today. Yeah. So that's how much it's plummeting. Um, so yeah, the, basically what you can do is you can usher in the new currency. Instead of focusing on the problems, you have to focus on the solution. Mm. Like focusing on problems doesn't do it's anything. So you have to build the new world you want to see. And, you know, it's, it's really hard not to be a doomer once you understand what the hell is actually going on. Like, I've read so much into it. I follow all the people that know what I know now. And, like, you know, it's just doom after doom after doom. The world's ending, blah, blah. But you have to, like, realize that and be okay with it and then focus on the solution, which I believe is Bitcoin and spreading that message. So that's why I have a Bitcoin company. That's why I create content on Bitcoin, YouTube videos on Bitcoin. That's why I save all my wealth in Bitcoin. I teach people about it. And it really helps. I mean, uh, you know, during the bull market, I had tons of people, you know, saying, thank you so much, blah, blah. You know, they're probably mad now that it's down <laughs> 60 or 76%. But, you know, that's not the point. It's, it's the point that, you know, people are holding that asset and, you know, it goes through cycles. If you look at Weimar, Germany, mm -hmm. uh, during uh, the hyperinflation, the, the price in gold was just going like up and up down and, and up and down and up and down. But on the chart at the end, you see it just going straight up. So you don't remember these little mm -hmm. fluctuations like we're seeing now. Four years is not a long time. It's you like know? volatility. Yeah, the volatility. If you zoom out, Bitcoin's just going up. Going up. Yeah. I see you really, really do like dove deep into the industry in a very like deep extent that you have your own mining company leverage. 
mining. You know, there is a concept out there, at least, you know, from my understanding that it takes a lot to, you know, to, to actually mine a yeah. coin than yeah. how much it costs. Yeah. Like how, like what do you have as an explanation and sure. yes. how does that doesn't get on the way of your business model? Yeah, so I, I was the same way. I thought mining was not going to be doable just because of how expensive it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's really all about energy. So the average household like us in this apartment, we get mm-hmm. energy at 15 cents a kilowatt. Mm-hmm. That's very expensive. Like to mine profitably, you probably need five cents a kilowatt or less. Mm-hmm. Um, and my partner... Uh, you know, during Thanksgiving when, when we met up, he told me that he has energy at four cents a kilowatt. Wow, four so, cents a kilowatt. So yeah, so uh, we started mining uh, based off of that. So we mm. have a cheap energy source, abundant energy, um, and that really is you know what enables you to have a profitable mining business. And then we basically just took our business model and instead of mining for just ourselves and just strictly doing it for like you know. Bitcoin, Mm -hmm. we actually make it accessible and profitable for anyone in the world to mine. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's that's the biggest bottleneck right now. Like if you wanted to mine and you went on Amazon and bought your own miner, number one, you're not getting miners for the best price at all. You just don't have connections. You're not working directly with Blockware. Um, You know, you're getting miners for probably like one and a half times what the actual cost is. Mm -hmm. So that's a downside right there. Number two, your energy, you're screwed. You're not going to be able to mine here with with your energy. Number three, there's a huge learning curve with setting this stuff up, getting it all linked up into a pool. It's very hard. Um, So what we do is we solve all those problems. Uh, You pay one time. All the energy, all the maintenance costs, all the equipment costs are covered up front. Mm. And then what we do is we manage everything for you. Um, We don't even take fees right now. So 100% of the Bitcoin mine is going into your wallet. Wow. Uh, and all we do is we leverage our connections to buy equipment in bulk at very cheap prices. And then we just upsell it to you a little bit. And that's how we make our profits. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's but you're really still getting the equipment model. cheaper than you would if you were going to go online and look for it yourself. And the energy. Like, where would you get the energy exactly. in the second place? Yeah. Wow. It's interesting. I know you ventured also into... Uh, the credit space. Yeah. I see you are like really big and you know, you need more credit cards, you need more credit cards. Yeah. You know, like there's people that tells you to get out of debt like the Dave Ramses of the world. Sure. You know, and you're like, no, you need a minimum of twenty four cards. And then, <laughs> yeah, so twenty four accounts, open accounts is like how you get an eight fifty score. Mm. Um, but you know, you don't need that many. Um, I like credit cards because I take out, you know, credit at zero percent interest. Uh, on business credit, your credit does not show up on your FICO score. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I took out a fifty thousand dollar business credit card at zero percent, I could spend fifty grand. It doesn't show utilization. It doesn't affect my score, and I can float that money for a whole year before paying it off. Oh, so, wow. like, if you wanted to mine Bitcoin and you want to, you know, invest fifty k with me right now, you know, that's a lot of money to just put up. But yeah. if you want to put fifty k, you can pay with a credit card at zero percent doesn't affect your credit in any way. And then you do $50,000 divided by 12,000 or 12, 12 months. 12 months mm-hmm. And now you're, you know, you're only paying a couple grand a month uh, over a 12 month period, period to have Bitcoin, you know, being mined to you in, in a lot of Bitcoin because that's, you know, 500 terahash wow. of power. Um, so like things like that. I mean, I just use leverage like to short the US dollar basically. Like when I buy my house, I take out the lowest uh, rate mortgage I can for mm-hmm. the longest period of time. Mm-hmm. Why? Because my home over time in history appreciate. appreciates and the dollars I'm paying back gets cheaper. 
So right. anytime you take out a you when you take out a mortgage, a loan, a car loan, none of that money's coming from the bank. That money's all being created in yeah. thin air like this. They have wow. a license to print money. So when you take out a credit card and you get a $20,000 limit, that did not come from them. That came from them pressing, all right, he's got good credit, control P, print, $20,000 limit opens up for you. That's all brand new money being created. <laughs> so just by you getting a $20,000 <laughs> credit card limit, that dilutes all of our money. Yep, so now literally. all of our money is being inflated away because some asshole just opened up a $2 million <laughs> mortgage. So that's how it works. And, and people don't understand that. And the banks, they make money on the interest that you pay them. So mm. when they are, you know, right now when the federal funds rate is at 3.5%, the reason why car loans are at 6% and home loans are at 7.5% is because they need to make more than that 3.5% because that's mm. what they're getting paid on the reserves right now. So banks, by law, have to hold a lot of money in the reserves, and then federal funds rate, that's the interest that they're getting paid on those reserves. Wow. So when it's at a 0% rate, they have no benefit. They have no benefit. So they're making tons of new loans, and it's cheap because you know, there is no federal funds rate. When they raise it up to 4%, now they're gonna take that 4% plus whatever else to get some more profits. So mm. um, just having a banking license is literally a, limit, uh, a license to print unlimited money and make money off of printed money. Wow. They're incentivized to create more debt. Everyone's it's incentivized ridiculous. in the world to get in debt because the banks get more paid. That's why everyone's in so much debt. The world is in a debt slave system. Wow, it's incredible. You know, like during COVID, you know, a lot of people have defaulted on the debt payments. Yeah. And many people out there have shot their credits completely mm. because they couldn't afford to make the payments on time. And like, imagine like right now, somebody that have completely destroyed their credit score. Yeah. And they, they hear you say, oh, you need 24 credit cards, mm. 24 accounts. Yeah. How do they go? What's the process of them? How can they make that recovery yeah. to the extent of like being able to get somebody to approve them? Sure. Their card? Yeah. So if they're already in debt and their credit is shot, I mean, that's okay. You can fix anything on a credit file. So my credit, I had a collection. I had many inquiries. Mm -hmm. uh, my credit was at like a 600 and I got it up to a 730 and I was able to apply for like seven cards in two days back in 2019. I got approved for like $75,000 in limits. Wow. Uh, and that's all because I use credit repair. So uh, what you can do is you can file a dispute with Equifax, TransUnion, Experian, those are the three credit bureaus. And uh, if they cannot prove that that item is yours, then they must remove it. So like if you say, hey, you know, send me proof that this inquiry was made on this date, uh, here's my FTC report, you know, this is what I'm claiming that is, is wrong, they have to then go back and reach out to the creditor, find that exact document, and they, if they can't find it, which most of the time there's gonna be some kind of inconsistency, maybe they spell your name wrong, maybe they got a date wrong, mm -hmm. you got the right information, they have to remove it by law. Um, so you have a lot of protection with the consumer protection laws in the United States and the Fair Credit Reporting Act. You use that to your advantage, you're gonna pretty much wipe off anything off your credit file. Oh, wow. um, so yeah, it's not the end of the world. Pay for credit repair if you don't wanna do it yourself, but to be honest, like if you go on YouTube for a couple hours, you could find the exact things you need to print out and send to all the bureaus and you can get it done yourself for free. Well, if you was to like uh, tell somebody to like getting a professional to get it done for them, who would you say is like a most reliable individual that you know that can? Just shoot me a DM. I work with a, a really good credit repair company. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. We're yeah. gonna have Colin's Instagram in the description, so you're gonna make sure you 
you get a hold of that. Recently, you got involved in Airbnb as well. I yeah. saw so you took a couple of trips down. You have like a whole checklist and stuff. Yeah. Are you intending to show people how to build Airbnb businesses as well? Um, no, it's not my intention to like build like a course or program around it. To be honest, I hate real estate. <laughs> um, I just do it for tax purposes. Mm. Um, last year, I paid the most taxes I, I ever paid in my life, and it was not fun. Mm. I never want to have to do that again. So I hired an amazing tax team. Shout out, uh, shout out Carlton Dennis. Um, and basically, they told me, hey, you know, you got to start buying real estate. And you got to get an Airbnb because you can qualify for passive losses. Oh. Um, so I could actually, you know, buy this home that I just bought for $530,000 and I could do a cost segregation study on it. And then I can accelerate depreciation mm. and I could write off, you know, 30% of that home in year one of the purchase price. Wow. Um, so I did that and, uh, you know, that, that helps a lot. And then I have all the other expenses that goes into it. Um, those are all write-offs as well, 100%. And then, you know, this will make me like three, $4,000 a month in profit. Um, but yeah, like overall, I'm an, I'm an internet guy. Like I like making money on the internet. I, I would sit in my office all day if I could and like never, you know, leave yeah. to go do real estate because that's just not me. But, you know, in America, unfortunately, like I just said, we live in this tyrannical system where we're all debt slaves and the U.S. needs their tax bills to frickin try to service their debt. And it doesn't even pay for, you know, a quarter of it, but they collect taxes anyway. Um, so, yeah, I basically do Airbnb to pay the IRS. Wow. Yeah. So if I was living in Dubai right now, I would not have an Airbnb. So are you only online? Yeah. Uh, do you think part of your future plan would be leaving the U.S.? No. Um, I, with my family here, I would never. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I love Miami. I love California. I like a lot of the places in the U.S. It's just, you know, it's just something we have to do. It's not like, you know, I, I am. I understand what's going on. I understand what they're doing. But unfortunately, you know, they have the military industrial complex that's backing them. If I stop paying my taxes, I'm going to jail. Yeah. They'll come with guns and get me and throw me in there. So, yeah, you, you know, it's we're, we're in a system and you got to uh, abide by the laws. Um, so, yeah, you know, I pay my taxes and I do everything I can to get my tax liability down to zero. And if you learn the game, you know, it's not th that bad at the end of the day. Yeah, you got to buy real estate when you don't want to buy real estate. But you can get your tax liability down to close to zero, you know, so. Mm, I remember watching one of Grant Cardone's video and he was talking about either buy a plane or give yep. the money to the IRS. Yep, exactly. And he decided to make the money. Same <laughs> with the Tesla. I just bought a Tesla Model X Plaid and I'm not even a car guy. Like, I'm very simple. Like, I just want to buy Bitcoin. That's all I want to do. But because <laughs> of the IRS, I got to do all this shit I don't want to do. Wow. I got to buy a car because why did I buy the car? It's over 6,000 pounds. I could write off 100% of the vehicle price. Mm. $170,000 write-off. Wow. Why did I get into Bitcoin mining? Shit. Like I was happy just buying Bitcoin, but now I have to start a whole company because the equipment, you can accelerate depreciation on that. You can write off 100% of the equipment cost wow. in year one. So now we're buying millions of dollars of miners. That's an offset on all my other income I'm making. When I'm just buying Bitcoin on an exchange, you know, unfortunately, if I was in Dubai, that's fine. You can just buy Bitcoin all day. You're not taxed on your income. You can swap in and out Bitcoin, cash, whatever, no taxes. No taxes. Like, could you imagine? In the US, you buy Bitcoin on an exchange, Zero tax benefit. If you sell, you're paying 40% tax, short-term capital gains if it's under one year, and then 20% if it's over one year. And then wow. if you don't sell, you're still paying tax on all of your income you used to buy the Bitcoin. So when you buy Bitcoin miners, you're getting the Bitcoin back over time, 
and you're writing off the entire cost of the equipment, which oh, is that's awesome. ridiculous. Yeah. You know, I know like you're really investing a lot of time in the education part. You have a YouTube channel now with 17,000 subscribers yep. and you're pushing out content on a weekly basis. Yeah. Uh, every week I drop one video yep, nice. on Tuesday is my upload date. Uh, but shorts is really what made my YouTube explode. Explode. Um, it, it, yeah. I just basically post the same videos that I upload onto Instagram and TikTok mm -hmm. and my team just uploads them on shorts and, you know, they're all doing really well and get, getting, gaining me uh, a lot of followers as well. Amazing. I, I noticed you also have, you know, uh, you have leverage lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Is that like, you know, a community that you're building or? Yeah, so I built that last summer that? Um, mm -hmm. and leverage lifestyle is kind of branched off my first business, which was credit class. It taught people how to leverage credit, build income mm -hmm. and travel. Uh, leverage lifestyle is just a lifestyle I created for myself and I teach people how to live that. Um, so it starts with, you know, creating a personal brand finding a high income skill that you can brand yourself off mm -hmm. um, passive income you know getting some streams set up uh, mm -hmm. bitcoin educating bitcoin saving in bitcoin mining bitcoin traveling the world for free and credit um, so those are kind of the five pillars cool. and it's a big course and then we have live speakers on uh you know every week or now every month but uh yeah we did about 60 live calls they're all recorded on there oh, wow. so it's uh yeah it's still live um it's not my main focus, but we still do our live calls every month, and it's a very cool group. We have like a thousand people in there. So. Oh, amazing! Yeah. You know, pretty much the purpose of this channel is that I believe that all of us was, you know, presented an opportunity at some point in the past sure. that allow us to create the lifestyle that we live today. Yeah, and we owe like our success to that opportunity because if the opportunity was not shown to us, we probably have been somewhere so else true. right now. Right. So I believe that there's a lot of people out there that have not had the opportunity to, to be presented with yep. such an opportunity. Yep. So my commitment with the channel is to, you know, introduce the wider audience, the wider audience with entrepreneurs like yourself, your story and the resources that you have created to allow other entrepreneurs to at least see the opportunity through your eyes. And leverage lifestyle, I think, is something that a lot of the people watching right now can really leverage a lot would you be down to do a workshop to introduce leverage lifestyle to the audience sometime in the future sure sure yeah yeah because we're building a facebook group off of this so if you're watching make sure you click on the link below to join the e-formula facebook group and colin will be there and we'll do a workshop to show you a little bit about the inside of leverage lifestyle and you would get an opportunity to join also because for you to be able to change your life you have to do something different than what you're currently doing. You have to align yourself with different people than the people you currently have in your circle. So 100%. this was epic, Colin. Awesome, dude. I'm thank having you, a blast. thank you. Appreciate thank you, you for coming. Thank I have so much. A, something before we wrap up. I have a custom. Anybody that comes to the podcast, I yeah. give them access to one of the things, the things something that I call my prize possession. Yeah. It's my book collection. Oh, so shit. dig in and wow. find a book that speaks to you man, the most. I appreciate it, man. I have some there. I have more here. I see, wow. I have more Thank here, you. and Damn. there's a few more on the other side. Hell yeah. Yes. I think I'm gonna go with the Phil Knight, dude. You're gonna go with the Phil yeah. Knight, the shoe dog? I love a good biography. Oh man, this is it's incredible. Is this a memoir by him, or is this? Yeah, it's pretty much about his old like his, his journey with Nike, okay. pretty much Hell like yeah. a lot of the stories that led to the realization of the company. Let's go. Yeah. Well, dude, I I'll think. bring it back when I'm done. I live no, right here. Bro. So.
you know, this is this is for you. Thank yes, you for man. coming back. Thank you, man. And yeah, we're gonna do another one. Oh sure. yeah, let's, let's go. go, guys. Thank you for watching. If you're listening to the podcast, make sure you check out the YouTube channel to see the video format of the interview. And if you're watching the video and you know you you are somebody that moves around a lot, you can check out the E Formula podcast on any you know audio platform, Shopify. No, not Shopify, Spotify, Spotify, Apple Music and all of that. And then subscribe to the channel, share the video with anybody you think would benefit from this as well. If you have any comment, do not hesitate to drop it below in the comment section. I'll be there. Colin would also be there to answer your questions. Until the next one, I'll see you guys later. Bye-bye.